Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we welcome Holly Granger, mom of two, registered dietitian, and founder of Cleverful Living at hollygranger.com. Holly has been featured on national television and oftentimes is a contributor to Southern Living, Cooking Light, and MyRecipes.com. She has produced more than 700, yes, 700 online cooking videos. She is an entrepreneur, a jack of all trades, but most important role is mom. Holly contributes regularly to the Produce for Kids blog on ProduceForKids.com, but she's here today to talk to us about picky, or as we like to call it, selective eating. Hi, Holly. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project. Hello. It's great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. We're glad to have you. So before we dive into tips on dealing with these selective eaters that I know many of us have in our houses, can you tell us a little bit about you, how you decided to become a registered dietitian, where you found the inspiration for hollygranger.com? And truly, as I was going through your about section on your website, I said, oh my gosh, this is so true. When I read, we've met before, and it gave me, almost gave me the chills. It's like, this is very true. Of course, I have met you before, but it was so true. I said, this could relate to so many people. Well, that that's certainly my goal. I ended up rebranding. Um, I went out on my own about five years ago. Like you said, entrepreneur. Um, I had worked for many years in publishing with what was then Time Inc. Now Meredith at the brands that you mentioned, Southern Living, Cooking Light, MyRecipes.com as a food and nutrition editor and did videos and recipe development and wrote stories and articles and just loved doing it. But after having my two girls, I decided to go out on my own and start my own company. But really, last year, I just started thinking more about what I was doing and what I was offering and you know who was my audience. And most of the people that were following me were moms, busy moms like like us, mm-hmm. and they were really looking for solutions and clever solutions that made sense. And mm-hmm. so when I was developing the about section, it really was kind of thinking like, all right, what's what's my life look like, the good, the bad and the ugly? And <laughs> how does that relate to what everybody else is doing? Because, you know, really, I think people want to learn the, the, the days of like, oh, the, the pretty Pinterest perfect <laughs> mom project and right. recipe. Those are always great and inspirational. But at the end of the day, people really want that authentic relationship. And that's what I've really been trying to find with my audience and saying, you know what, here's, here's what we're dealing with. And here's what our household looks like. And here's some solutions that I'm trying. They may or may not work for me. Hopefully they'll work for you. And so that's really whether it's in the food nutrition lifestyle area, if it's recipes, if it's just trying to get your children out the door, or come up with fun ideas for what to do this summer. It's just all about problem solving and most importantly, crowdsourcing, because I really feel like the person that I get the most inspiration from is another mom for right. how to do certain things. So hopefully I can help be that mom for a lot of y'all's listeners as well. And certainly on the topic of that, of selective eating, as you mentioned, because goodness knows we have dealt with it. <laughs> I think everybody has. Yes. So. Well, great. So it's clear from your site and all, all the content that you put out that having healthy choices, incorporating healthy choices into your families, into your girls' diets is a huge priority. So your kids love all the fruits and vegetables, right? <laughs> 
Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, we, exactly. We just eat the rainbow over here all the time. So, yeah, no. so do you have a selective eater in your house? And what are a few easy tips on how to get the right nutrition into their bodies? Oh, I don't. I don't have just one selective eater. <laughs> I have two. Oh, um, yes. And so Ellie, who is six and a half, and Francis, who is four, uh, they've given me some trouble literally since they first started eating, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you always see the babies just shoving everything in their mouth. And right. mine looked at me like, yeah, right. Or the, some of them started off eating certain things and it was like, Oh great. You know, I'm going to be the, that mom that introduces yes. everything one at a time and spaces it out every three days. And I'm going to start with the not sweet things first. And, and that all sounded fine and good. But at the end of the day, I just wanted my children to eat something. So, right. you know, we, we had to make it, make it try to work, but we do have a lot of fun in our house um, with foods. And it's really been exciting. I mean, to the point where it's like, get my camera and take a picture because Ellie is shoveling in the roasted broccoli that I made the other night. Oh, now that's that she's, great. You know, six. And it's just like, oh, finally, finally, we have, we have reached that point. And I granted the next time I make it, she doesn't like it. She wants it <laughs> how it was the last time I cooked it. And I have no idea what I did. Um, so, you know, we're still dealing with, with quite a bit of that, but I'm really into getting their input and bringing them in. And I found that with the girls, they've had the best luck and I've had the best luck getting them to try new things when they actually have their hands on it. And when they are, um, they're right there in the trenches with me. So whether it's trying to figure out what we're going to eat and that may be, you know, meal planning on a Sunday, which of mm-hmm. course always sounds great, but many times it's five thirty and we're yes. standing in the pantry <laughs> and the refrigerator trying to figure out what leftovers we can bring back to life or what's in the fridge that, you know, we can kind of think, all right, this is like a version of chopped where what, <laughs> yes. what do we have <laughs> and what are we going to create? Um, so, but bringing them in is good. I mean, I'll never forget. And it's the funny little things that stand out with the girls that I had Francis rinsing a can of black beans in the sink for me, just in the colander ones. And she stood there at the sink and just ate black bean after black bean after black bean. And it was like, I am not going to say a word. Or no. Because <laughs> who knows if she'll eat them again. But it was just that like, oh, these are these are good. And I mean, it was straight out of the can. They weren't warm. They'd been rinsed off of, you know, some of the stuff on them. But she just stood there happy as could be and ate them. So you know, just bringing them in is good. And then we have lots of luck with things like um, dip, dip ranch dressing and yes. ketchup and guacamole mm-hmm. are certainly vehicle foods in our family. And, you know, I don't, I don't bat an eye at pulling out ranch dressing, full fat in the bottle, whatever it is, you know, if it means that they will dip carrots into it. So that's, um, that's certainly one thing that, that we try to do as well. And then I try to work it in in other ways. We don't really have as much trouble with fruit as we do with vegetables. They do mm-hmm. pretty well with fruit. Um, they are selective about certain things that might be a little bit more unusual, like, you know, kiwi or something else. But really for me, it's just continuing to introduce it. And even if they don't like it one time, not being afraid to try it again. And especially if it's something that my husband Brent and I like and are eating and want to eat and it goes with the menu anyways not giving up because sometimes it's just that one random time that it's going to click or it's seeing it in a different light or being introduced in a new way. That is really what can be the turning point for many children. And for some, it takes years and some, you know, I think about the picky eater adults that I know that I'm like, 
they say they grow out of this, right? And it's like, <laughs> no, obviously not, because I have friends that are very selective eaters. And I'm like, mm, I wonder how your childhood was um, and what your parents went right. through. Right. But they do. I mean, I think the more that children are introduced, and certainly research shows that as well, that it can take 10 to 20 times to just be exposed to a food before a child will even touch it, smell it, taste it, lick it, you know, anything. So just having the, you know, energy, I feel like sometimes in the patients to continue to put that out there and introduce, it's a lot for parents, but continuing to do that really is a great way to help exposure. Yes, it's so true. And I, in our house, I have my younger daughter is a picky eater. And um, she, I, I would say, I will put this piece of broccoli on her plate every day. And same thing with us. She finally, last year, started gobbling it up. And I thought, I I feel like I, like I, um, a trophy's coming for me or like this oh, yeah. feeling I have where she, and now she eats it all the time. And, and really, she's at the point now, She she's seven and she doesn't want to have that plate that doesn't look like everyone else's it's more like Mm -hmm. a you know a grown-up thing she sees all of us eating one thing and so she's been trying more things and I think part of that is her wanting to you know fit in with the rest of us really (laughs) so absolutely well and I say that about school lunch too I mean I've I've packed lunch boxes and shared hundreds of lunch boxes over the last few years I mean that's where a lot of my audience came from originally was through the lunch boxes that I shared, especially on Instagram and on Pinterest. And this year was sort of the year where Ellie in kindergarten told me, Mommy, I want hot lunch. And right. it was like, wait a minute, you're messing up my lunch boxes. <laughs> but, you know, what? the one thing I found, she has opened up the door and allowed herself to eat so many more things this year. And I mean, things that most children would eat, but that she wouldn't like a hamburger or a cheeseburger. Right. Where now, before, you know, last summer, if we'd made burgers, she wouldn't have, she would have had the bun, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a piece of cheese, maybe, you know, something else along with it, but she wouldn't have had the hamburger necessarily. We're now she's asking for those. And a lot of it's because when she was at school lunch and she had a hamburger with carrot sticks and celery sticks and ranch dressing to dip it in and some fruit, you know, it's like, okay, she finally figured out the fruit and maybe a carrot stick isn't going to carry me. And everybody else was eating the hamburgers and enjoying them. Um, and so she started eating it and all of a sudden it's like, there's certain things she still doesn't want, but I saw and have witnessed this whole new world of food being opened up. And, you know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm pro school lunch. I'm pro pack your lunch. I think it's whatever works for your family. But for us, just, just that one thing where, you know, you see it every couple of weeks, she got used to it, tried it and realized, oh, this is, this is something good. And that peer pressure as well of, everyone else in the class is eating it. Maybe I should try it too. And then she found that she really enjoyed it. That's great. So moving on kind of to our next topic. So we get this question often and you mentioned this where, you know, sometimes you're just, you're done, you're stressed and you, you just need your kid to eat. So, so let me set the stage. Dinner is served. And then you have one kiddo staring at their plate, insisting they're not eating what is put in front of them. So, what to do this, you know, this can be stressful. And I know often ends in mom or dad caving and offering up, okay, just eat this bowl of cereal or just eat this piece of toast. All right, just have the bread. So, you know, I know we try our best and how do we avoid, I guess, 
is it okay to cave? Is it, you know, is it every once in a while? And how can we really avoid becoming a short order cook, creating, you know, a different meal for that, that one child or two different meals or just how, what is your advice on dealing with all of that? Oh, I, I know that very well. And, you know, at the same time, <laughs> we're, we're sitting at dinner, there is, there is a plate of food in front of them. Or we, I try to serve, serve family style and allow them to be able to serve themselves. And, and, okay. and I practice that premise, um, you know, kind of what Ellen Satter and, and others have preached and put out there is, is to serve family style, make sure okay. that there's something on the table that your child likes and then encourage your child to serve themselves, get as much of whatever it is that they want. But you know that even whether it's milk or it's a bowl of fruit, you know that there's something there on the table that they like, you know, however, on the, on the flip side of that, there are times when we do that and it might be day after day that I'm like, okay, Francis cannot eat rolls or hamburger buns or fruit <laughs> for every meal for right. dinner. And, and I know there are other, you know, nutrition and food and, and child, you know, psychologist or whatever that, that will say they'll figure it out. But at the same time, it's hard for a mom to say, oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. But there's still that inner guilt of, of saying, you know what, that's it. Or where mom's saying, oh, or others, an expert might say, let them go to bed hungry a couple of times. They'll figure it out. They'll right. start to eat. And it just, it doesn't always work like that because some mm -hmm. children do have texture issues. And, and, you know, there's other underlying things with the food. So I, I have really, I short order cooked for a while and that was difficult. So I, I certainly do continue to try to, um, go more with the method of putting out on the table what, what we have planned, making sure there's always some type of a fruit, some type of a grain, because the girls love rice or pasta or potatoes. So I, you know, if there's some type of grain out there, well, pasta's not, or potatoes aren't a grain, but something starchy, right? Um, a bread, whatever that I know they'll eat. And then trying to offer some new things, then I usually can find that between fruit and milk, like as a healthy protein source. Um, and then they'll, they'll take bites of other things and I'll continue to encourage it, um, that we do have luck, but there are also times when I feel totally comfortable that if let's say we had, you know, pizza the night before and tonight I made pot roast and they don't want pot roast to put that pizza out because it's not that much more sweat off my back mm -hmm. to put something out there that is, you know, that was a leftover. And so, and I've, I've listened to a lot of experts talk about it. I've, I've joined in those conversations often and I watch a lot of what other moms, other mom dietitians do and everyone sort of has their own routine. So I really think what's most important is for me to find out what works for them that doesn't cause extra stress, but they can still feel good about their child and the nutrition and nourishment that they're getting. And then there's certainly little tricks and whatnot that you can do where you know, it's, it's bringing your children into plan and, you know, letting your kids make a dinner wish list for the week mm -hmm. so that you know, if you have two or three children in the family and they're old enough, I mean, six and four, my children can certainly tell me, they could tell me at an early age what they <laughs> wanted for dinner, you know? So it might be that, that I want salmon on my night and Brent wants to grill out on his night and Ellie likes tortellini and Francis really likes pizza. So if, if everybody gets what they like that week, then there's also that like, you know, your night's coming. So tonight's Ellie's night or my night, and we're going to eat. This is what we're having. There'll be something at the table that you like, and you know, your night's coming up. And so 
bringing them in and kind of I like that. helping mm-hmm. them helping them plan really does um, make a difference, especially when it can be tough to find, you know, something at dinner that everyone will eat because there's so many barriers when it comes to family meals. And, and really for me, I am so much more about just having that family meal, <clears throat> excuse me, and sitting down together at the table right. and going, you know, having the conversation. We have a family dinner journal where, you know, when, when we're all talking about what we're thankful for and laughing, and yes. whatnot, there's not so much food, so much pressure put on what we're eating and everyone's staring at each other. Like, is she eating the fish? Is she right. not? So yeah. when you can take the pressure away, I think that really helps. So, I mean, there's lots of tips and tricks, but I know it's such a source. And I, I talk to a lot of parents about this. It's such a source of frustration for so many, but I, but often when the parents are frustrated, that frustrate, that frustration boils down to the children because children are very in touch and in tune with what's oh, going yes. on. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think sometimes if, if mom says they're a picky eater and they're not going to eat that, well, then the child is, says, oh, I'm a picky eater, so I'm not going to eat that versus, you know, changing that dialogue. So that's kind of a long answer to your question, but but really, when it comes into trying to distract and discourage and saying those discouraging, disparaging things that might make a child think, well, mom or dad just expect that I'm not going to eat it, so I'm not, and taking that right. away and making it more about having fun and, and being together and making that be special. Um, and then really trying to let the children come in and plan so that it caters to, there's nights that cater to everyone. Right. Well, and you know, recently, I feel like, how did it take me so long to discover this? My daughter is seven, but I realized that she will eat some of the, a lot of the things that we eat if it is deconstructed. So even like a salad, I have to do the lettuce, the cucumber, the cheese, you know, of course she likes those croutons, the croutons. And so, yeah, so I, I have found that I don't actually have to make her a, a different meal. I just need to deconstruct what we're having. So <laughs> absolutely, no, I do that too. And I mean, there might if I'm making a stir fry sometimes, or you know, I'm making something like like an Indian dish or something. And I'm talking Indian dish, very basic. You know, it's some mm-hmm. it's some chicken and some vegetables or whatnot. But I might add a sauce to it that it would be spicier than the girls would want to eat. Simply pulling the chicken and the vegetables yes. out mm-hmm. beforehand and serving it with a side of rice. And then when I make it for Brent and me, you know, adding the sauce and the spices and putting that all together. And then, of course, encouraging them to try it because a lot of times children really like spices. It, for others, you know, they're more of a super taster and their taste buds are stronger very often than ours. So it it might be too spicy. But just making some small adjustments, exactly like you said, just deconstructing it so it's not all together or kind of scary or just not sure um, makes makes such a difference. And I think a lot of times when you have them in the kitchen with you and they can see how it looks individually and then see how it all comes together, you can glean a little bit better what part of the process they're happy with. And then once it's all dumped together, if they're like, whoa, you know, not sure about foods touching or whatever that right. is. Then you can be like, okay, let's make your plate. And then this is what I'm going to do to finish it off. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think that just simple steps like that, especially with deconstructing a salad, um, make a really big difference. But but at the end of the day, they're still getting the nutrition from those different foods. So, you know, it's you're still achieving your goal. Yes. Well, yes, we've, we've come a long way. <laughs> 
So, okay. So this is another topic. So what are your thoughts on sneaking in fruits and veggies through sauces, crusts, even sweet treats? I know there are a lot of avocado brownies, black bean brownies out there. I know there's some mixed reviews. Um, we know this from our social media platforms that, you know, we've had feedback. Well, they need to be eating, you know, they need to see what they're eating. But when it comes down to it, is this mixing it in, blending? Is this better than not eating at all? What do you think about all of that? <laughs> I, I go back and forth. I have a, a recipe on my website for um, chocolate chip blondies that have chickpeas in them. And the girls Ooh. have helped me make them many times and they're so good and I mean I, I it wasn't so much my girls as my father-in-law who you know <laughs> I'll, I'll pull out hummus and things and they're kind of you know he's like oh no thank you or you know not not so into beans and right. whatnot and but he loves sweets and so I served him those once and he just chowed and finally I, it's like Tom do you know what's in those and he's like, you know, he gets this look that he probably thought it was like cricket flour or right. something just crazy and I was like chickpeas and he's like no way you know it's like oh okay I'm like, yeah, you didn't even know you were eating something a little healthy. So I think, you know, you can certainly bring like black bean browns, like you said, it's different. There's, I mean, cakes, there's so many different ways to work in avocado and, and beans. And I love it. I mean, I think if you can boost the nutrition of something that tastes good, like a sweet treat, then, then why not do it? Especially if it, you know, if it can work a little bit more nutrition into it. But at the same time, I don't think it has to be a secret. I mean, I think helping children or adults to understand that there are ways to blend in different types of food to, to give it a boost to make it more healthful, then I'm all about it. I mean, very often when I make mac and cheese, um, and, and I'm talking boxed mac and cheese right. for the girls, I will, you know, take zucchini and chop it up really fine. And, and when they were smaller, they, they know now, but I would take the peel off so they didn't see the green, but I'd, I would finally chop in the, um, and add in the zucchini with the noodles and and mix it with the cheese and everything else. And they would, they would eat it and were just as happy. And it was like, if I put zucchini on the side, maybe not as much. And then as they got older and they would help me prepare, they started to understand it was like, Oh, that's what, you know, so I, I don't think being completely sneaky and secretive is absolutely necessary, but I do think if there are ways to blend other types of produce, like I add shredded carrots to my spaghetti sauce almost every single time, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. that just help to boost the nutrition, then, then certainly do it because children are really all Americans are not getting the recommended fruits and vegetables that, um, that are required that, and, and so they're missing out on so many important nutrients. So if there's ways to work in a healthy food to even something like a brownie, then I'm all about it. Well, that's great feedback on that. We do, we do have a lot of back and forth on our on our social platforms on that one. Oh, it's so. it's definitely a hot topic, and, and yeah. you can go either way. It's you know, I think it's like if you're going to make them a smoothie, but it's packed with spinach. Do you tell them the spinach is in there or not? And to me, it's like, well, make them the smoothie, let them try it. They like it, let them make the smoothie with you the next day, and then they learn because you want yes. them to learn what the different foods are and how they can all come together to taste delicious. I like that strategy. In a perfect world, we'd all have our kids, you know, eating healthy at age one. So I know that life happens and we get off track. And what do you think about someone who's trying to bring their family back around? Do you have tips for getting older kiddos to take the plunge to kind of get back into that 
healthy eating realms. I know it's definitely not easy to pull those Doritos away after they've been com- become commonplace in the household. Absolutely. And I don't think you have to take things like that away completely. I mean, I really have the mantra that there's no good food, no bad food. You know, all foods can fit and work. And, and I, like I think people hear that sometimes and they're like, sure, that sounds good. But at the end of the day, my child would rather eat a Dorito than a carrot stick. And I get that. But I think having some rules around snack time anyways, whether that's saying, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, after, after dinner, you know, serving, maybe you serve your dessert or something sweet, whether it's fruit or ice cream or whatever, um, after your meal or with your meal and then saying the kitchen's closed or kitchen's closed mm-hmm. from this time, the other, and, and just putting some rules and regulations around it and helping, especially the older kids understand, you know what? You have soccer practice. If you eat those Doritos before soccer practice, you're probably going to get tired a lot faster than if you maybe had some carrot sticks with hummus or even pita chips with hummus, you know, something where you are getting a more well-rounded, balanced snack that will help keep you full. And I think if you, you know, encouraging parents to say, great, try these beforehand. And then let's talk about how you feel. Try this afterwards. Is this keeping you satisfied, but really helping introduce the, the mechanisms of, Hey, let's pay attention to how your body feels after you eat certain things and help them understand. And then saying, you know what, you can definitely still have the Doritos, but maybe let's dial back a little bit. We don't need the giant grab bag. Let's go for a smaller size or sure have the Doritos, but let's pair that with some apple slices as well and offering other snacks so that it's not just about that one thing. And I mean, my children have the world's biggest sweet tooth and all they want (laughs) these days is candy. And so I really, well, I'm, I try not to say, well, candy's bad or whatever, but I have to say, you know what, we've, we've had our sweet treat for the day. Or if they start asking for it at 9am, like they do on most days, say, okay, you know, that's fine. You can have your sweet treat or you can have this. Do you want it right now? Because you usually want it also after lunch. Would you rather wait? And so kind of just helping them understand I'm not restricting, but I'm just helping you make better informed choices about when do you want it and just not eating it mindlessly, but paying more attention and giving it, you know, not necessarily giving it the over attention, but just saying, okay, yes, you can have this, but let's also think about what else we can have because I know you're going to be asking for another snack at another time of day. So if you want the Doritos now, great at the next snack time, let's go for this instead and kind of helping plan ahead and know what's coming up. Because children, they like the a predict. They like a schedule. They like things that are predictable, even older ones. So if they know, you know, between here and here we have snack. Between here and here, this is when we have dinner. When you can help them understand and make those choices a little bit better, then that helps them say, okay, well, I'm going to have this now and this at another time. So I think there's ways to work it in without having to take it away completely. So it's all about balance, really, just helping them understand, you know, like you said, this food is not bad. It's just that, you know, you need to balance it with this. Yes, because, I mean, it's not necessarily bad, but it doesn't give you the nutrition that you need to be able to have the endurance to play that entire game or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, And helping them understand the role of food and it plays in your body, then that way they have a better appreciation. And, And it might be that some parents maybe have to, you know, dial it back a little bit and help them understand that, you know, okay, this is why this isn't as good or, oh, you want that cookie? Well, what else could we add to it or what could we do to it or what could we serve with it that will 
help you, um, you know, feel fuller longer because are you really going to eat just one or are you going to eat six? You know, so just kind of helping them understand that. Yes. Well, I have a, uh, and I think many children love goldfish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, mine. um, my seven year old, you know, she comes home from school and it's, you know, we, I try to have something set up so that when she gets home, it's easy, grab and go, ready. You know, I'm still getting some work done. But we have developed a plan in our house where you cannot just take the goldfish bag. You must put the goldfish into this bowl. This is, right. you know, you have to, you may have this bowl because I feel like, you know, as you grow and as you get older and, and are on your own out there, it's so easy to just have that bag of chips and open it. And all before you know it, the whole bag is gone. And so I think just looking at, okay, I had one bowl that I guess portion control absolutely um, is what you're teaching there. But we, and again, seven years later, I'm like, no, you can't have the bag. We have to do yeah. the bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because I mean, I think it's, I think it helps to teach mindful eating with, and it just helps slow them down. You know, I mean, yes. I think about myself, there are times I could stand in the pantry and mindlessly put down an entire bag of popcorn, or I can stop, get the popcorn, open it up, put same thing, you know, put it in a bowl, go sit down, eat it, have some water or some, you know, something else to drink with it. And it just slows the whole process down versus just mindlessly shoveling them down my throat and then thinking, oh, I'm hungry. I wonder what I can have for a snack. Not even realizing I just ate an entire bag of, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, goldfish. I mean, the same yeah. thing. I could, <laughs> I could stand in the pantry and eat a whole thing of goldfish. All, they're so good, you know, and it's that salty and you just keep popping them. And before you know it, you just think, oh my goodness, how many goldfish did I just eat? So right. I love that plan. And I mean, I know there are a lot of parents that have already talked to me about being worried, you know, about what they're going to do and how they're going to handle snacking over the summer. And that's something that even for me, I'm trying to come up with what's our snack solution. Because this morning, first thing, Francis ate a bowl of cereal, played, brushed her teeth, ran around a little bit. And then it was like, mommy, what's, what's yeah, what, it's snack time. Snack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not snack time. You ate less than an hour. Ago. Mm -hmm. You know, if you weren't full, let's, what do we need to add some fruit? Cause it, you just had cereal and milk. Do you want to add some fruit to it? Or what else can we do so that we're not spending every waking minute of our summer trying to figure out what she's going to eat? Cause that it, it wears on you and you know, it gets frustrating and parents at, but at some point are just going to be like, whatever, just go find something, you know? Right, and so right. that's where it opens the doors to creating unhealthy eating habits versus taking just a little bit of time to have a plan and thinking, okay, here's how we're going to handle this. And, and we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier. I think we touched on this, but in case you have anything else to share. So you spend time in the kitchen with your family. You feel like involving the kids, creating a meal or in meal prep helps them eat new and different foods outside their comfort zone. So really what I'm asking is, is it worth the extra mess that we have to clean up and, and you know, all of the fun things that bringing kids into the kitchen also bring? Yes. Yes and no. I mean, I will say on a night when it's six o'clock and they're starving and they're fussing and I'm, you know, not prepared and trying to throw something together to say, let's have this kumbaya experience. Right. Everyone, <laughs> you know, because they are still small. I mean, once they get older, it will be better to say, Ellie, throw a salad together, you know, and she right. knows, get the lettuce, wash it, or maybe we've already washed it, you know, put all this in a bowl or can you help me set the table or, you know, whatever else that is. So there are those times when it's like, no, you know, no, everyone just get out of the kitchen. Leave me alone. I need 10 minutes a piece to, you know, create a masterpiece. But I definitely think bringing them in, 
especially when you have more time. And even if that just means that Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon, you know, if you just have one plan time where they can help with prepping some of their snacks, you know, start small and let them get more comfortable. Um, like my girls love to peel carrots. Like that's, if we do something with carrots, that's their thing. We have two peelers. They love to peel. So there's some that, you know, even if I was crazy and trying to throw something together to say, Hey, here, peel these carrots. They're not going to be underfoot. They're not going to be in my way. They're not going to be making a mess because they know how to do it. So, right. you know, as you're slowly starting to get them more equipped and train them a little bit more as to some of their different roles in the kitchen and how they can help, then it definitely becomes easier. But it is the mess. I mean, I do a lot of Facebook lives with the girls and the comments crack me up sometimes because people are like, I'm getting anxiety watching this, you know, as something dumps on the floor. Right. <laughs> how do you handle the mess? And it's like, it, they're kids. It's a mess. You just you just do it and have fun yes. with it. And, and you consider it an experience in the same way you go to the zoo. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's doing something together, whether that's outside the house or in the house. Um, this is just something that ends up also being able to help you down the road because you've also now just made made dinner. Right. Um, but yeah, but I definitely think it it's worth it. And, and it just opens up more opportunities for them. And I mean, my goal my friend, Katie Morford, who has Mom's Kitchen Handbook, she started out, I followed her for a long time, when her girls were small, letting them cook and be involved. And mm -hmm. now she shares pictures all the times of, you know, her children are in high school and starting to graduate. Look what my children made for me. You know, look at the dinner they created. Oh, or Yes. And it's like, oh, mom goals, you know. Like, exactly. I can, I can do this for just a few years. It's like making lunch boxes. So I'm slowly helping to teach them how to make their own lunch boxes. Then before I know it, you know, time flies and it they'll does. be doing it themselves. So if I can equip them with the tools on how to do it, how do you put these different foods together to make something balanced, then I'm just equipping them for ha knowing how to do those things down the road for themselves and then and, and for me as well. So, you know, it's a little bit of selfish. Yes. So, but yeah, mom, definite mom goals. When The first time they make me dinner, I'll be like, all right, I'm checking back in. It was worth it. It, it was. It was. So, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with me today and being part of our new Healthy Family Project podcast and for all of your contributions to the Produce for Kids audience on our blog and beyond. So besides finding you on the Produce for Kids blog, can you tell listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm across the board on social media. So my the, the best way is to go to hollygranger.com. And you can link out to all my social sites from there. And um, so the, the only funny thing I always say is it's Holly with an E and Granger with an AI because the spelling is is not as usual as most people would expect. But hollygranger.com has my blog. It has videos. It has links to all the social sites. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. So um, just by searching my name in any of those places, you can find me and, and definitely connect. And the thing that I really love is feedback from those that have either made a recipe that I shared or they tried something or they have a tip because often I ask, like I said, I love to crowdsource. So I'm asking for tips. Um, and then there's some exciting things rolling out. I have some Facebook groups that I'll be rolling out that um, later this summer that I really think are going to be helpful, especially to moms with um, those looking for solutions and great ideas to make life a lot easier. So and if you like my, my page, Cleverful Living with Holly Granger, then certainly you'll be on the list as well as in um, signing up for my newsletter. I'll be sending out more throughout the summer as well with some, some fun and exciting new initiatives. So 
Uh, I love contributing to Produce for Kids and have some fun blog posts coming up with you guys this summer. So it, it'll be fun to stay in touch with your audience and, and hopefully share in both places. Yes, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Holly. Absolutely. It was so fun. Thanks for listening in today. If you're interested in learning more about dealing with your very own selective eater, visit the Produce for Kids blog on produceforkids.com and click on the Picky Eaters category. We also have easy ideas to get your kids in the kitchen on our YouTube page starring our own kid chefs, who are the little ones that belong to our Produce for Kids team. In our next episode, we'll be talking with Dr. Stephanie Smith, Produce for Kids blog contributor, psychologist, mom of three, and founder of drstephaniesmith.com. Dr. Stephanie will be offering tips and ideas on how to healthfully manage screen time in your household. Visit our website, produceforkids.com, for more than 400 registered dietitian, family-approved recipes, tips, and more. We also generate regular content on our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite podcasting site. You can also visit healthyfamilyprojectpodcast.com to leave a comment. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.